Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Calhoun, Chapter 10. Calhoun had a penthouse apartment with a private elevator and a view of Houston that was breathtaking. It was furnished in tans and browns with African carvings and weavings mingled, mingled with western patterns and Indian rugs. It was an apartment that was welcoming, welcoming despite its purely masculine ambience. Do you like it? Town asked, watching her from the closed door. Very much, she said, smiling. It suits you. Came into the room, his eyes never leaving her face. How about something to drink? I can make coffee. She shifted her eyebrows. Coffee? His dark eyes never. Just because you got drunk with Justin doesn't mean you can expect the same courtesy here. She shifted restlessly, her purse clutched against her waist. Well, I didn't mean to get drunk with Justin. I bet the pair of you could hardly walk the next morning. We sort of leaned on each other, she confessed. She searched his hard face. He was afraid you were going to use your experience to take Shelby away from him. He didn't come right out and say so, but it was implied. As if I could hurt him like that, he said courtly. His dark eyes wandered quietly over her face, tracing every so long. Did you care that I danced with her? She turned toward the window. I like the scenery, she said, trying to change the subject, trying to breathe normally. Yes, I like it too, he said. I wanted something with a view of the city, and I had to spend a lot of time here on business, so that makes it good. That makes it a good investment. She heard his steps coming closer, and she could feel his warmth at her back, smell the clean, spicy scent of him. Her pulse jumped as his lean hands caught her waist and pulled her against his big body. She heard his breath and felt it on her hair as he wrapped her up in his arms from behind, rocking her lazily as they watched the city lights spread out below them. He inhaled the floral scent of her body and the clean shampooed softness of her hair all, the all at the same time. He bent his neck and brushed his mouth against her neck through her silky hair. I miss you, he said, he said softly. You haunt me. You'll get used to not having me around, she said sadly. After all, up until five and a half years ago, you and Justin had the house all to yourself. And then you moved in. He mused, leaking his lean hands in front of her. We got used to running feet and laughter. The music in the living room and movies on television. And teenage girls in and out and hot rodding young men speeding up the driveway. You were both very tolerant for old bachelors, she said, looking Looking back, I guess I really cramped your style. He stiffed in a little because it was true. She had it first, but now it hurts to look back. To remember his figurative affairs, his hidden amours. Hurt to think that there'd, even, there'd ever been a woman in his arms except Abby. A woman in the dark is just a body, he said softly. And I never gave my heart, Abby. Do you have one? She asked. He turned her gently, putting her hand on his chest over his white silk shirt against hard, warm muscles and thick hair. Feel beaten, he whispered. That isn't what I meant. I know. He looked down at her hand. Feeling his body taunting at the light touch, he moved her fingers across his chest to a hard male nipple and held her palm there, letting her feel. She glanced up at him, her blue-gray blue eyes wide, searching as he stroked her hand against hardness. That happens to women, she whispered. And to men. He gently pulled her closer, his hands moving into her hair as he bent his head. I'm buttoning my shirt. I'm going to show you how to touch me. Her heartbeat sounded and felt unnaturally loud in the stillness of the room, but she didn't protest. Her fingers fumbled with the buttons, and eventually she had the shirt out of his slacks and away from his broad bronze chest with its thick covering of hair. He smiled at her faint embarrassment. 
hair like this. He pulled her hands against him in long, sensual strokes and watched their slender gracefulness as he drew them down to the wide belt around his slender hips. But when he tried to move them past it, she froze. He searched her soft eyes quietly, sensing the turmoil in her. You're very innocent, he said, his voice usually deep and slow. You've never touched a man intimately, have you? She traced a tiny pattern on his chest. I've never done anything intimate with a man in my life, except with you. He was incredibly pleased to hear that. His chin lifted. I need more than a few chaste kisses, he said softly. She flushed, stared at the heavy rise and fall of his chest. I'm sorry. He bent abruptly and lifted her, cradling her against him as he turned and walked down the hall with her. He went through an open door, and she turned her head to find a huge king-sized bed with a cream and chocolate quilted cover over it in a darkened room. Calhoun, no, she whispered, raising her eyes to his in the dimness of the heavily curtained room. I won't even undress you. He breathed, brushing her lips with his. We're going to make a little love, and then I'll take you home. There won't be a risk. I give you my word on it. But you want me, she whispered in a protest when he slid her onto the coverlet, stretched out beside her, his body so close that she could feel how aroused he was. Of course I want you, he said gently, smiling as he lay poised above her, his lean hands smoothed back her long soft hair. But there's no risk involved, as long as you don't do anything to knock me off balance. <laughs> she searched his dark face, loving every inch of him. How could I do that? She whispered. By doing anything, I don't invite him, murmured him. Don't touch me, or move against me, or kiss me, unless I tell you how. He moved down then, drawing his open mouth lazily over hers, till he managed to get between them. That's it, he whispered. Just relax. He was doing the most sensuous things to her mouth. It amazed, it amazed her. The sensations he aroused so effortlessly. Her breath was already coming in gasps, and she felt her body taunting as what he did to her mouth began to affect the entire length of her. God, you're sweet to kiss, he whispered into her parlor. Come here, Abby. He abruptly rolled over onto his back and turned her with him so that she was above him, looking down into his dark, dancing eyes. That's better, he murmured. You feel less threatened on top. She colored faintly, and he laughed. Then he drew her mouth down over his and opened it, and the laughing stopped. She felt his hands moving her, lifting her. She was beside him, then over him, and he had her hips bringing them down completely over his. Don't do that, he whispered when he felt her tiny. Just lie still and let me feel your body over mine. She felt shaky. She trembled as it as his tongue began to probe gently around her lips and past him, teasing its way into the sweet darkness of her mouth. She caught her breath, and he heard it, his dark eyes opening, looking up at her. They call it a soul kiss, he said softly. It's intimate and wildly arousing, very, very suggestive. Let me kiss you that way. She felt her legs trembling where they touched his. You, you're already wildly aroused, he whispered unsteadily. I'm going to make you that way, too, he murmured. Turned her slowly so that she was on her back, his long, powerful leg insinuating itself between hers. She stiffened as she felt his big, muscular body spread out hers, pushing her down into the mattress. His masculinity was blatant now. The intimacy was shocking, and the sensation it caused were a little frightening. You saw her fear, and his hand slid into her hair, caressing as he let his weight down on her slender body, his elbow catching a little of it as he moved. I won't hurt you, he said softly. Lie very still for me, Abby. I want to show you what passion is. I already know 
Oh, she clenched her teeth. Her nails bit into the fine fabric of his jacket, and her eyes widened and shot when he moved against her. She felt him in a way that turned her face blood red with embarrassment, knowledge, and a tiny cry forced its way out of her throat. His mouth covered hers. His tongue teased, probed, withdrew, probed again, and began a taunting invasion that was ever bit as intimate as his huge, softly moving body on hers. She moaned. She gasped. She grasped him. She bit at his firm, chiseled lower lip, her tongue shyly encountering his beginning to fence with it. She began to shudder, and so did he. Just when she was going under for the third time, he slid away from her and gathered her against his side, holding her cheek to his shoulder while the trembling grew. Calhoun, her voice broke. Is it all right, Reddy? It's all right, he whispered. I'll make it bearable. His big hands found her jacket and eased it off. He unfastened the sweater where it buttoned over one shoulder and leveled it up lazily, unfastening the hooks of her lazy bra and tugging the whole of her upper covering over her head and moved it aside. She started to cover herself, but his mouth was suddenly on her breasts, and what he did to them was too sweet, too addictive to protest. She gave in, arching toward his mouth, drowning in his door. He knew exactly what to do, how to arouse her to a fever pitch. She led him, welcoming it, her body flew in his hands, her voice softly enticing him. He sat up for just a minute, long enough to strip off his jacket and shirt. Then he was poised over her, vibratingly male. With his hair rough and chest bare and muscular, his eyes glittering with desire as they caressed her own bareness. I can't stop you, she whispered shakingly, tears stinging her eyes as she watched him come to her. I don't want to stop you. I want to hold you like this, he whispered, leveling his chest over her bare, aroused breast, rubbing softly against her body. Isn't it sweet, Abby? Skin against skin, breast to breast, and the darkness. Mouth taking mouth. Kiss me, sweetheart. Open your mouth and kiss me until you can't bear the wanting any longer. She did. Her arms held him, trembling, her body welcoming the crush of his. The mattress moved under them, and the air washed over her body while his mouth fed on hers, seducing hers, intimate in a dirt and tender. His mouth lifted seconds later, and he looked into her eyes in the faint light from all. I don't think I can stop, he whispered his voice oddly husky. I don't want you to stop, she went, oh, Calhoun, please, 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 his mouth slid down to her breast, taking it inside, his hand went to the fastening of her skirt, and loosened it, his lean fingers slid onto the soft skin of her belly, pressing there, savoring the soft skin, the risk, she whispered gently, of a child, he murmured against her breast. He nuzzled her soft skin with his cheek, his eyes closed, the scent of her all around him, in his blood. His hands slid under her hips, lifting them hungrily into the hard contours of his own, holding her there with undisguised passion. For the first time in my life, I'm not afraid of the consequences, Abby. His mouth was over hers again, and she wasn't quite sure she heard him. Her mind was on fire. Her body was burning. Her legs moved helplessly against his. She wanted him. She wanted all of him. She moaned as he tried to get closer, to absorb him, possess him. She felt savage and wild. She wanted to join with him, to be a part of the massive muscular body that was slowly driving her mad. Her arms reached up, her fingers tingling in his thick blonde hair as she moved her hips sensuously under his and movements that made him cry out. Abby, he bit off shutting. I love you, she sobbed. His mouth was over hers and began to move her skirt with unsteady hands. It was going to happen here, now. She was going to know him in every way there was. But in the middle of her feverish pleas, there was a sudden, unsustainable.
expecting pealing of the doorbell. He paused, his body raked by shudders. Oh my God, he said, joking. Don't answer it, he whispered tearfully. He lifted his head, pushing back sweaty hair. He was ga gasping for breath. His body vibrated with frustrated need, driving urgency. He shuddered. I can't get up. He whispered with a hole left, he pushed away from her and lay on her stomach, groaning. His lean hand speared into a pillow, crushing it. Abby didn't know what to do. She knew better than to touch him. She lay there, not moving, sanity coming back slowly. She concentrated on trying to breathe while her heartbeat shook her. The doorbell kept ringing. After a moment, Cowan managed to set up. He looked a little foggy as he got to his feet, but he was breathing almost normally. Are you all right? She was returning. I'm all right, he said softly. Are you? At least he wasn't angry. Yet, she bled her tone equally soft, took a steadying breath, and got to the door. Unexpectedly, he switched on the light and turned to look at her, his eyes narrow, full of possession and something violent, dark, hungry. Her breasts were made of peach, exquisitely formed, topped with a rouser. Where he'd pulled her skirt down, he could see the graceful curve of her hips below her small waist. God, I could die looking at you, he said harshly. I've never seen a woman so perfect. She flushed, but the intensity of his... The light in her was overwhelming. She sat up slowly, watching his gaze move through the firm thrust of her breast, and she felt herself go hot with pride and pleasure. He looked up, then, catching light in her eyes. You belong to me now, he said, as surely as if I hadn't stopped. We'll work out the details later, but there won't be anyone else for me from this night on. <laughs> I'll never touch another woman until I die, and with that quiet tear statement he turned and left the room abby wasn't sure she hadn't dreamed the whole thing she got into her clothes in a daze shaking with pent-up emotion she wanted to cry and scream and laugh and dance he was talking to someone his voice was curt and almost angry frowning abby stepped out into the hall her mouth swollen her hair tangled her silk skirt hopelessly wrinkled and she went into the living room. She recognized Cowan's guest. It was the blonde from the restaurant, the one he'd taken out the night Abby had gone to dinner with Justin. So that's why you don't have time for me, she, the older woman said when she saw Abby. My God, she's barely out of school. Abby, go back into the bedroom, Cowan said. Yes, Abby, go and hide, the blonde added viciously, although tears were visible in her big eyes. But Abby didn't. She went quickly to Calhoun and slid her hand trustingly in his. I love him with all my heart, Abby told the other woman. I guess you probably do, too. And I'm sorry, but I'd rather die than lose him. The blonde looked at her for a long moment, and then at Calhoun. It would have served you right if she hated you, as many hearts as you've broken. She cried, her lower lip trembling. But that won't ever happen, any more than you'll ever love any one of us. Not even she can reach that stone you call of a heart, she turned at me. You'll never have all of him, she laughed bitterly. All he can give you is his body, and you'll soon get tired of yours and go off to conquer new worlds. Men like him don't settle down, honey, so if you're looking for happy endings, you better run like hell. She gave Cowan a final bitter glance and was gone as quickly as she arrived. Cowan closed the door, his face hard, unyielding. I'm sorry you had to hear that. He said quietly, So am I. Abby searched his eyes sadly, wondering if the other woman was right about his lack of feelings. Perhaps she should run, but how could she, when she loved him? His eyes narrowed as he saw the indecision of fear in her. You don't trust me, do you? Yeah. You think she might be right, that you can't have a future with me. You said yourself that you didn't want to be tied. She replied, I understand. She dropped her eyes. Maybe I'm too young for marriage anyway. I've never been out on my own at all. I've hardly even dated. 
Maybe what I feel for you is just a crust of my first taste of desire. She didn't really mean it, but she just told him. <sighs> she didn't really mean what she just told him, but it gave him an out if he wanted one. He wanted her in the bedroom, or perhaps he said things he didn't really mean. She didn't want him to feel obligated just because they almost gone too far. But Calvin didn't realize that she was trying to save him from himself. He took her words at face value and felt their impact as if they were bullets. She was telling him that she wasn't sure she loved him at the worst possible moment. But she put her slender hand so trustingly in his. He knew for the first time what he felt for her. His feelings went deeper than lust. And they wouldn't fade, but now he's afraid to tell her. Put the emotion in the words. <sighs> she was admitting that she might have mistaken infatuation and desire for something lasting. She was young, all right, and inexperienced. He might be taking advantage of a natural step in her progress to womanhood. What if he risked his heart and she kicked it aside when she got through his face? She was young. She bounced back, but Calvin had never loved before. The thought of being rejected terrified him. He stared down at her with bitter regulation, darkened his eyes to black, falling into the trap that he sworn he'd never been be taken by. Now here they were, almost lovers, and she was telling him that it was all a mistake. It felt as if she hit him in the chest with an axe. Would you take me home, please? She asked without looking at him. He's writing. Of course. He turned toward the bedroom, and she sat on the sofa, reaching for the purse she tossed there when they first arrived. She saw twisting and turning. She sat twisting and turning, listening to his quick, sharp movements in the bedroom while he dressed. Her eyes closed in mingled shame and embarrassment. It had just occurred to her how many liberties she allowed him, how close they'd come to making love completely. She hadn't had the presence of mind of thinking to stop him, and neither had he. That woman hadn't interrupted him. Her face went hot. He'd been undressing her. He wouldn't have stopped at all. He, had, he hadn't had any intentions of denying himself, and afterward, how would it have been? She'd have been eaten up by guilt and sorrow, and he'd have felt obligated to marry her because she'd been a virgin. He'd have been well and truly trapped. She didn't take seriously anything Calvin had said in the semi-darkness of his bedroom, because men didn't think when they were engulfed by passion. Even though she was innocent, she knew that much. He wanted her for a long time, and tonight had been his one chance to get her into bed. he almost taken her. He knew she loved him, and it didn't even seem to bother him that he was taking advantage of something she couldn't help. Cowan came into the living room minutes later, pale and strained, but neatly dressed. He even combed his thick blonde hair. After one quick glance, she, she didn't look at him again. She stood up. He opened the door for her, noticing her unnatural stiffness. I don't know what to say, Abby, he said quietly. I don't know how she traced me here. It doesn't matter, she replied, looking over only as high as his chin. It would be unrealistic to expect that we'd never run across any of your discarded lovers. His dark eyes flashed fire. He reached beside her, slammed the door before she could get out, forcing her shocked eyes up to his angry ones. And that's what you think you would have been if she hadn't interrupted us? He asked coldly. She ground her teeth together to keep from breaking down. You weren't going to stop, she said. I couldn't stop, he corrected, any more than you could. If you want to know, it was the first. I've always been able to pull back before. Should I? Should I be flattered? She asked, little trembling laugh. Because I'm not. Bodies are cheap. Yours isn't, he returned. Yours is young and sweet and inquisitively formed. Innocent. When I've never had innocence in my life, I might have been half out of my head, but I'd have managed to make you want me back, and I wouldn't have hurt you. And after you were through, she probably lifted in her pained eyes, touched her swollen lips with a cool face. That would have taken all night, he said softly. And by then you wouldn't have any doubts left about where we stood with each other. I'd have made sure of it. She flashed. 
Might have been another conquest. He drew her against him, sighing heavily as he smoothed her long, dark hair, felt her body shake with a soft thought. She just frustration, sweetheart, and he whispered at the top of it. You wanted me and I wanted you. And neither of us had fulfillment. That's all. It passes. Her curled fingers pressed against him with while tears ran down her pale cheeks. I hate you, she cried. He only smiled because he understood. He kissed her hair gently. She was so very young, too young, probably. She drew in a slow, sad breath and wondered how he was going to live without her. You've got to see Marie about your birthday party, he said after a few minutes. She's going to hide her caterer, and you'll have to provide a guest list for her. I can have one of the women at the office send out the invitations. She drew back, sniffling, and he pulled out a handkerchief and mopped her face. You don't have to do that, one. We want to. He touched the handkerchief to her red eyes. I won't come near you until then, Abby. He added to her surprise. His dark gaze was quiet and unblinking, and it did wild things to her pulse. I won't call you or take you out or see you until then. Because of tonight, she asked without what dignity she supposed. In a way, he put the handkerchief away and survived. You're afraid of giving in to me, aren't you? She moved restlessly. Aren't you? He persisted. She bit her lower lip. Yes. Why? I won't have you forced into marriage you don't want, she said. We're like Calhoun, you aren't a married man. You even told me so. He brushed his mouth against her, and he nuzzled her nose with his, teasing her lips, playing with her mouth. Abby, I told you not so long ago that my playboy days were over, and I meant it. He said softly, I haven't lived like a recluse, but in the past few years I've settled down, and if you want the truth, he had it resting his forehead to hers. I haven't thought of any other woman since the night I found you bare-breasted on your bed, little one. You've been in my bed every night since then, a vision that haunts me from dawn to dusk. Her heart jumped straight up. He never lied to her. He wasn't doing it now. She knew. Me? She whispered. He smiled. You. He brushed his mouth lazily with And if you'd given yourself to me in my bedroom a few minutes ago, he whispered, we would have been on our way to get a marriage license by morning. Because of your conscience? She asked each other. Because of my body. Love making is addictive. The way I want you, little Abby. I've had you pregnant by the end of the first week. She flushed wildly into her face from him, feeling his chest shake with laughter. Did you hear what I said? He was when he warned me about the risk. The hurt ran wild. Yes. His mouth bit at her. Then there seemed an odd remote response for a philandering playboard to make. He wanted me. God, I still do, he breathed. But a man interested in nothing but a good time is sure as hell not interested in making babies, Abby. Stop that, she whispered, smiled against her mouth, delighted in her innocence and her reaction. He wasn't worried anymore. Now, at last, he knew why she said what she had in front of his visitor. She'd been offering him a way out, but he didn't want one. He wanted Abby. He wanted a future. I'll take you home now, he said gently. And you can have a Till your birthday, you think about me and miss me and want me. And then, if you can't stand it anymore, I'll give you a birthday present you never forget. What? She asked breathlessly. He covered her open mouth with his. Me. He breathed into her mouth. End of chapter 10.